0: What's up, guys? Welcome to SaberCast. I'm really excited to get this thing off the ground and going. I finally found the time to get this started, so yeah. This is going to be a pretty casual podcast. I'm not going to have a super strict schedule in terms of when I'm going to post episodes or anything like that. Whenever news comes out, look for me to have like a recap episodes, or once we get closer to the season, I'll probably have some prediction episodes or things like that or end of the season, we'll talk about storylines that are going on around baseball. So today I just want to talk a little bit about free agency so far, some rumors for guys that are still on the market, and then some trade rumors for a couple of big names that are possibly on the block. So first big name free agent that came off the board was Garrett Cole. And first of all, I, I want to say that free agency went really fast this year. I mean, I know it's still going on, but... You know, the big names, it seemed like, came off the board extremely early, which was pretty much the opposite of what happened last year because the Harper and Machado markets did not really heat up until 2019 last year. But then by the new year this year, it seems like pretty much every big name is off the board with the exception of a few guys. So obviously the big name was Garrett Cole, who had, you know, pretty much a Cy Young type 2019. I think he probably should have won sighing over Justin Verlander, but you know Verlander had obviously a great year too. But Garrett Cole signed a nine year deal, 324 million dollars. That is an absurd amount of money, especially for a pitcher. Um, so yeah, Cole's going to New York to join the Yankees and that is just a dangerous, dangerous rotation you got there. When you got Cole, you got Sevy, Paxton, Tanaka, I mean, whoever you want to slide into that fifth, I guess as of right now, it'd be Jay Happ, but I don't know if he's going to be around for next year. You know, they still do have a lot of like organizational talent that they can slide in there. Once Herman is back, then I'm assuming that he'll get some spot starts throughout the season. Howie Politics and State Affairs Pro offer insider election coverage, polling, and analysis in Indiana. Our nonpartisan news and legislative tools create a winning combination pro subscribers can't live without. For all the resources you need this election season and beyond, visit pro.stateaffairs.com slash IN. That's pro.stateaffairs.com slash IN. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. But yeah, Cole, if you look at his numbers over the past two years, they've been absolutely absurd. You know, he's had a 2.69 ERA, 2.67 FIP, a 2.76 XFIP, 5.55 Ks per walk, a 2.77 Sierra, and a 13.4 WAR all over the past two seasons. That is (laughs) an absurd stat line. And I think that, you know, adding Cole to that stacked Yankees lineup that came so close to the World Series last year, I think just they got to be the favorites to come out of the American League. I don't see how anybody else can be the favorites. You know, you could say Astros, but like, you know, they did lose Cole, they lost Will Harris. But Yankees are, they got to be favorites in the American League right now. I don't think that, you know, you can have a debate about that. They're just so loaded on pitching, and then their bullpen is so deep. They have. Maybe been rumored to get Josh Hader. I mean, that is just disgusting if you add Josh Hader to that bullpen that already has, you know, Canely, Odovino, Chapman, all these guys. Obviously, they don't have Batantis anymore, but that is still a lethal bullpen. And then you go along with, you know, Gary Sanchez, DJ LeMay, Hugh, Labor torres Aaron Judge, who's going to be healthy this year, Giancarlo Stanton, who's going to be healthy this year. You know, they got Brett Gardner back. Uh, Luke Voigt is probably going to be in there at first base. I mean, that is just absolutely disgusting, and uh, they're definitely going to be the team to beat 2020. The next big name that came off the board, uh, Anthony Rendon, who is the prized bat in this year's free agency class. Obviously a world champion that helped, probably helped him get a lot of money. He put on a show all October, especially in the fall classic. So he ended up getting seven a seven-year contract Two hundred forty-five million dollar contract from the Los Angeles Angels, who I thought we're gonna get Cole. Um, you know, before free agency happened, I was thinking Cole to the Angels, and then you know Rendon to Texas, or maybe going back to Washington, depending on you know what the Nationals wanted to do with Strasburg. But Rendon ended up going to the Angels, so pair him with Otani, who's gonna be completely healthy this year, and then you know Mike Trout, obviously the greatest player in the majors right now, and you got La you got David Fletcher. I think that that offense is pretty good. The only concern with the Angels, obviously, would be their pitching. You know, they didn't really go out there and make any uh, move for, like, a big, big-name ace or anything like that. Like, you know, obviously they didn't get Cole. Uh, they didn't get Hyunjin Ryu, who went to the Blue Jays. They got Dylan Bundy, who I guess could be a serviceable middle-of-the-rotation guy, but he's... You know, he's still not a guy that everybody thought the Angels were going to get because obviously their biggest concern is pitching. I think that their bullpen can hold up and keep them in games to some extent, though. So, yeah, Rendon to the Angels. If you look at Rendon's stats over the past two years, they have also been very, very good. Um, he's had a 314 batting average, uh, 393 on base, 567 slugging, and that adds up to a 960 OPS. If you look at his more advanced stats, he's had a 390 wOBA, 147 weighted runs created plus. He strikes out at a rate of 13.5%, but walks at a rate of almost 11 at 10.8. So, you know, those walk percentage and strikeout percentage splits are pretty close and, um, you know, low, low strikeout percentage, high walk percentage, which is always good. And on the defensive side of the baseball, he's also been very good. He had a 7.9 UZR over the past two years. His offensive runs saved... And negative four obviously isn't very good, but a better season this past year in terms of defensive runs saved than his 2018. And then over the past two years, he's had a 13.2 war. So, yeah, I already gave my opinions on the Angels' offense as a whole and their team as a whole. I think that adding Rendon to that lineup is very, very helpful. I think it'll at least get them out of the bottom of that division and into contention for maybe a wild card spot. I don't see them winning the division, though, obviously, with that pitching. But that offense centered around Rondon and Trout and Otani, I feel like, you know, is good enough when you add in the role players like Lastella and Fletcher. They lost Calhoun, um, but that's not too big of a hit. Uh, They still do have a lot of pretty good bats in that lineup that I feel like can carry them to probably third place in the west depending on maybe what the rangers do uh the rest of free agency they might shoot for third but i think the astros and a's are probably still going to finish uh on top of them in the division next big name that came off the board was steven strasberg who re-signed with the nationals at an identical contract to rendon seven years 245 mil another boris client he was absolutely killing it this winter Look at Strasburg's stats over the past two years. A 3.53 ERA, 3.44 FIP, a 3.23 XFIP, a 4.3 uh, Ks per walk, 3.41 Sierra, and an 8.1 Fangraphs War. Those are still very, very good numbers, I think. Obviously, they're not on the same level as Garrett Cole, but Strasburg, you know, he's been in Washington for his whole career. I'm assuming he's going to be a nat for life with this new contract. Uh, don't see them, you know, trading him at the tail end of it. I think that unless he starts to regress at a rapid rate late in that contract, I see them, you know, keeping him around for that entire seven years. Obviously, Strasburg did very good in the postseason last season, um, also along with Rendon um, on that world champion Nationals team. And other than that, I mean, there's not much else to talk about. Uh, It's not like he's joining a new ball club who's going to, You know, completely change their entire scheme because of the one player. Uh, The Nationals do, I think, have to find a new way to get offense, though, with their lack of Rendon. The offense that they have right now, Juan Soto is obviously going to have another phenomenal season. They kept around Howie Kendrick, Uh, they just got Starlin Castro. Um, I do think that that team still has a very, very strong foundation especially on pitching they still have scherzer now they got strasburg back they still have corbin um their bullpen got a little better with will harris still got do they lost daniel hudson but that i don't think is a huge blow um but yeah nationals still probably going to be shooting for the playoffs next year um you know maybe making a run for the division although i do think that the braves have the nl east pretty much locked up at this point And if they add Arenado, then that would be absurd. I doubt that'll happen though. (laughs) Madison Bumgarner went to the Arizona Diamondbacks for five years, $85 million. This was maybe the most unexpected signing of free agency so far. Bumgarner stayed in division. Uh, There were reports of him maybe going to LA, which would have been crazy to think about the greatest Giants player of the decade going to well, arguably the greatest Giants player of the decade, if maybe you want to say Posey, but greatest Giants pitcher of the decade, maybe going to their rivals in LA. That would just be crazy to think about. But now he goes to Arizona, um, who, yeah, I guess they're buying right now because they got Calhoun too. They had a surprisingly good season last year, you know, with Cattell Marte's breakout, and then Eduardo Escobar had a very good year. They had a lot of guys step up in the absence of Corbin and... um, Paul Goldschmidt, and A.J. Pollock also. So, yeah, you add Bumgarner to that young rotation. So now you got Bumgarner, you got Ray in there. Uh, Luke Weaver is going to be healthy again in 2020 after missing a little bit of time in 2019 with injury. You got Zach Gallen, who you got from the Marlins. A couple guys that you could um, throw in and out of the bullpen and the rotation, including... um, Duplantier, I don't know how you pronounce that. I think Duplantier is how you say it. But Bumgarner, I think that he just adds like a veteran element to that clubhouse. Um, He's obviously a bit older. He's regressed from his mid-2010s performance level. He's pretty much, if you look at his numbers, they're pretty average right now. But I do think that that was a pretty good move for the Diamondbacks if they're trying to win now, which it seems like they're trying to do. Bumgarner can still, you know, anchor down your rotation. He can still put up like a mid-three ERA, like a three-five or three-six. His FIP, I think, you could bring that down below four, but probably nothing else better than that. Um, he's not gonna, he's not in that top tier of starting pitchers any longer. But overall, I think it's a pretty good move. Um, a little confused by what the Diamondbacks are doing. Um, if they're buying or selling, it seems that they're kind of trying to do both at the same time. I have no idea. We'll see what is in store. They could make a run for a wild card next year with the addition of Bumgarner. Hyunjin Ryu signed a four year, $80 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. He goes north of the border to join that insanely young core. Their pitching obviously was. The shaky part of the team last year that and the fact that all their best offensive players are now rookies or were rookies last year but their um their pitching was definitely faulty last season and the addition of ryu i think is going to help that a lot ryu obviously had an insane season last year in terms of era he was a bit lucky though if you look at his peripheral stats With his FIP and his XFIP, but those were still around three, which is extremely good. But, you know, he's not putting up 2014 Kershaw esque numbers with that sub two ERA. A big concern of Ryu's, I know, is that he's a bit injury prone. He missed some time in 2019 with injury, but I don't think that a pitcher being super injury prone is that big of a concern. I mean, you can think about, like, he might miss. Two or three starts if he's on the 10 day DL or IL or however long the IL is going to be for pitchers with all the stupid rule changes. Even if he misses a few starts here and there throughout the season, it's not going to be that big of a deal. He's still a very good pitcher. I think that he's going to do pretty good in Toronto and at least help that pitching out um, and keep them in some ball games while their offense is still young and, you know, finding where they're at. Still think they're going to finish fourth in the American League East unless the Orioles trade for Trout or something and then the Orioles will finish in fourth and the Blue Jays will finish in fifth. Don't think the Blue Jays are better than the Red Sox or the Rays or obviously the Yankees at this point just because they added Ryu. But I think that they are taking steps in the right direction. You know, they got Chase Anderson last year. They added Rourke also this um, offseason and they just added Ryu. So I think they're making some pretty good moves in terms of pitching. They know what their weakness is. I think that they are addressing that pretty well and um, you know, taking steps in the right direction, like I said. So that'll do it for free agents that are off the board. We can move on to some guys that are still on the market, Marcelo Zuna, Josh Donaldson, and maybe Nick Castellanos we can talk about a little bit. So I want to start with Ozuna, whose market has really, I think, cooled down recently You know, the White Sox were rumored to be in on him. They already addressed their outfield need. They added Nomar Mazara. The Reds are still technically in the race for him, but they added Shogo Akiyama, so I don't know if they're bidding for an outfielder super hard. It seems like the last two teams that are really in the running would be the Cardinals and then maybe like the Rangers or the Blue Jays. I think that the Cardinals, well, I know that the Cardinals don't want to bring him back on like a super long deal, like the seven years that he's wanting But I know that he does want to stay in St. Louis if the Cardinals can work out like a three-year contract with him, maybe at a higher AAV, but I think that's a a risk that you have to take at this point. Um, I think that'd be ideal, ease Carlson in there, get him some starts in the outfield um, over the next year, and then maybe trade Ozuna to the American League next year or in the last year of his contract. So um, I do think that he is still probably the top outfielder on the market. You could argue Castellanos, who had a fantastic stint with the Cubs to wrap out 2019. But I think that Ozuna has still got to be the guy that teams are looking for if they want an outfielder. And I'm hoping that he can come back to the Cardinals because I think that he would still keep that offense where it was last year, hopefully with Goldschmidt having a bounce-back season. Hopefully Carpenter can have a bounce-back season and um, we can be a bit more consistent um, on that side. Josh Donaldson is still on the board too. He's pretty much got three suitors at this point, the Minnesota Twins, the Washington Nationals, and then going back to the Atlanta Braves. He's been asking for four years, at least $100 million. I think right now he's waiting on teams to offer like up to one ten over the four years. I think that the Twins are... You know, the heavy bidders right now for him, I think that they are the favorites to land him, but you never know. I mean, he could go back to the Braves. The Nationals still have that hole at third base that they could try to cover with him. And he had a, a phenomenal bounce back year last season. He was a main part of why the Braves were able to make the playoffs and, you know, get to a game five in the DS. You know, he was one of the better offensive players in the National League last season, and I think that adding his services to that twins lineup could be very very big obviously they still have one of the more powerful offenses in baseball you got rosario kepler buxton sano garver all these guys obviously they broke the record last year for home runs in a season adding donaldson to that could be huge and make them obvious favorites to repeat as al central champions because they brought back you know oda rizzi they still have jose barrios in the rotation. Their rotation will be good enough. Their bullpen will be good enough. And their offense is one of the best in baseball. If you add Donaldson to that. It just makes it that much better. Castellanos then is the other big name that's still on the board. Another outfielder. Pretty much in the same situation as Ozuna. Obviously he's not going to be going back to the Cubs. They do not have the money to do so. Um, the Cubs are. If anything they're tearing down right now. They're possibly trading Chris Bryant. We can get to that a little later though. Castellanos, I think that the interest is still there from the same teams that huzuna's market is. Possibly the Reds, the you know, the Rangers are a possibility also. Castellanos, third name pretty much that's out there offensively on the market. And um, it'd be interesting to see where he goes because his market isn't super clear right now, like the case with Josh Donaldson. So yeah, that'll be Fun to keep an eye on, and I'm sure any team that acquires Castellanos is going to get a pretty good season out of him. Um, a pretty high Woba, you know, decent weighted runs created Plus, I think that offensively he adds a lot to any lineup that you slot him into. Cubs hit him, I think, second in their lineup last year. You know, he had a huge impact coming over from Detroit. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. Now moving on to trade rumors, Um, the three big names that are possibilities to get traded this offseason, Francisco Lindor, Nolan Arenado, and Chris Bryant. I think that Bryant is probably the most likely to get dealt out of those three, then Lindor, then Arenado. So we'll, we'll do it in that order. We'll start with Chris Bryant, then move on to Lindor, and then Arenado. So Chris Bryant, obviously the Cubs are in a really tough situation. They don't have really the financial stability or the financial flexibility to keep around their entire core they got to make some decisions that are probably going to hurt a lot of the fan base you know they're going to have to trade um chris bryant in order to keep around javi baez you know to keep around rizzo or to extend Contreras. but i do think that Contreras is also expendable at this point yeah so chris bryant you know his market has kind of become clear there are a few teams that, that have openings at third base You know, the Nationals, the Braves, the Rangers, the typical suspects at this point, all have openings at third, and Chris Bryant is obviously on their radars. He's probably going to command a pretty decent return from any team. Uh, A lot of those teams that are interested in them, though, or that are interested in Bryant, have decent pieces that they can offer back. You know, if he goes to the Nationals, they can give him back Key Boom or Robles, has been rumored to be in that return package. So I think that the Cubs could get something pretty good back for Chris Bryant. Their farm is just depleted right now, and the way that you know their contracts are all working out with their core guys, um, they're going to probably end up bringing back Baez. So you got to make the decision um, to keep or trade Bryant, and I think that they're making the right one with putting Bryant on the market right now. Francisco Lindor, another big name that is on the trade block right now. Um, and he's pretty much been on the block the entire offseason and that was kind of surprising when I first saw that. You know, it, you know Lindor is one of the guys that, you know, is the face of that Indians franchise. Um, I guess they're thinking about tearing down right now because they dealt Kluber obviously um, they dealt Bauer last year, um, but you know if they trade Lindor, they're gonna get a lot back from him. I think that at this point, his best suitor, um, or the team that's most heavily pursuing him, is the Cincinnati Reds. Reds, which pains me to say, because um, you know they're in the division of my favorite team. If they do end up sending him to the Reds, they will definitely get a hefty package back. They will get, you know, they'll likely get Nick Senzel. They will probably get Hunter Green. Jesse Winker is another name. You know, Jonathan India. There's a lot of talent in that Reds farm or a lot of young talent at the major league level for them. I think that the Indians are going to ask for a lot back. I think at this point the Reds would be willing to give a lot of that talent up for Lindor. You know, Reds fans are probably desperate to make the playoffs. They haven't done so for a long time now. And... I think that if they're going to make a playoff push, this would be the year to do it. Everyone in the National League uh, Central, besides pretty much the Cardinals, is in a rough state right now. The Brewers, their offense took a big hit with the loss of a few guys. Uh, they do have Yelich coming back, though. But yeah, they lost a couple guys. They still don't have any pitching. They might trade Hader. The Pirates are absolutely poverty right now. The Cubs, we talked about with trading Bryants. They're probably rebuilding or somewhere in between rebuilding and contending right now. So I think that if the Reds ever want to buy, right now the time to do it. I think that Lindor is a pretty good fit to add in there with the addition of Moustakas. You have Eugenio Suarez in the middle of that lineup too. Votto is still going to be serviceable over there at first base. Aquino, um, another power hitting bat. I think that they are in a pretty good position right now if you want to talk about contending for a wild card spot or maybe the division, you know? I feel like the Central is another, you know, division that I think that the winner is going to end up winning 92 or 93 games again. I don't think it's going to be really one powerhouse emerging as the favorite out of that division. So if Lindor goes to the Reds, that would really mix things up. Um, It would get a huge return back to the Indians, which is good for them. They are going to have a pretty bright future ahead of them. Um, but you never know. I mean, this could all just be rumors. Uh, Lindor could stay with the Indians, and we all just continue on. But um, if he goes somewhere, then that would be a big, big change to the MLB. And the third and final big name that is, you know, been in trade rumors is Nolan Arenado. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I don't think that Nolan Arnato gets dealt. He obviously signed that huge extension with them last year. I don't think that any team has the flexibility to take on that big of a contract. Arnato's a fan favorite in Colorado. I just don't see him going anywhere. If any team decides to make a push for him, it might be Atlanta. They have an extremely deep farm, especially in terms of pitching, that I think they could get a pretty decent Deal for Arenado. I doubt Arenado gets traded. I think he'll stay in Colorado. I don't think that um, anything ends up happening to him. I think he'll stay put, and um, the Rockies will carry on with him and probably see out the rest of his contract. So yeah, I think that's going to end up doing it. I really don't have anything else to talk about. You know, those are all the big name free agents. Those are all the big names that are on the trade market right now. So I think that's going to end up doing it. For me, I'm going to try to turn out episodes whenever I have the time. You know, whenever some more big names get off the free agent board, I'll probably record that. I'll do a couple episodes leading up to the season once we get into spring training. Just about my predictions or what I've seen in the spring. Standings predictions, awards predictions, my probably way too early postseason predictions too. We will see where this goes. I really enjoyed recording episode one here. Um... I hope a lot of you enjoyed listening to my insights on this. If you want to hear more from me or communicate with me more on social media, follow my Instagram at cards network. That is cards network on Instagram. You know, I'm pretty active over there. A lot of good Cardinals coverage, or at least I try my best. So we're really close to 2k over there. So it would mean a lot if you already don't already follow to check me out over there. And, um, Yeah, just thank you for listening. I'm really excited to get this podcast going. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and I will see you guys next time on Sabercast.